Unlocking the Cage is recorded live on Twitch Sunday nights at 5 p.m. Pacific at Manager's Comedy. Tune in to chat and share your opinions and help us unlock the cage. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Whether he's removing his face or on a criminal plane or a historical chase, we love Nicholas Cage. Star of screen and stage, gonna watch him all day while he's a screaming with rage, cause we're unlocking the cage. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another amazing episode of Unlocking the Cage. Um, I am... Uh, well, <laughs> well. I'm already doing a great job. At, at already <laughs> am I doing great at this job. Uh, for people listening, uh, we just pulled up me and Chris's faces, except Chris's face was replaced by our guest's <laughs> face, who is certainly surprised to be there. All right. This is our Nicolas Cage podcast. Our goal is to watch and rank every single one of Nicolas Cage's 105 movies. This is episode 11. So we are making some progress, but have a ways to go. Um, I am Meg. uh, This is Chris. Hi. Co-host. Hello. (laughs) Um, And our movie today is Raising Arizona. Um, It is a fun movie, and it's going to be interesting to see this discussion because it doesn't really follow our normal patterns of like, you know, a lot of like, why, why did this happen? You know, it, it's a, just a straight up good movie. So uh, we will spoil this movie if you care about that. Um, and uh, just for those keeping track, our current Nicolas Cage movie count is 17 for me and 29 for Chris. So Chris <laughs> is doing pretty good. But he had, I think a head start had a lot of, seen a lot before. Um, so uh Let's bring out our guest for real this time. Um, he is a producer, performer, and also the Oscar-winning screenwriter of Black Klansman. Uh, welcome, David Rabinowitz. Hey, David Rabinowitz. Hey. There he is. I'm here. <laughs> Sorry for the surprise appearance before you. No, it's great. You keep me on my toes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, just uh, uh, it's just a, it's <laughs> no, just the no. Dave show now. It's only Dave. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I hope More. you're uh, <laughs> Discuss this movie by your monologue about this movie for an hour. Yeah, that, that's we're just gonna uh, sign off, and it's just gonna be you for an entire hour. I, I think I can do, do it. Every week, uh, we just prank our guests like this. Uh, <laughs> just leave them, them, leave them in in the lurch. All right. This whole thing was a long con to get you. <laughs> I this movie, this movie, I got like I was about to say this the day before the thing was like. Like you just said, it was like a good movie, but this one isn't. I'm not finding like all these moments where I could be like, that was crazy. You know, like Cage being that crazy Cage. This movie was more just all around just fun, like, you know, good movie to watch. But right. Yeah. Because it's not really a Nicolas Cage movie. It stars him, but it's not. It's a Coen Brothers movie. And that's very different because they're so precise that, you know, he might have wanted his actorly instincts might have wanted him to go outside, you know, the box but they're not going to let him do that. Whoa. We just lost Meg and now she's back. Yeah, she's and back. now I'm in the <laughs> guest spot. I'm Dave. I am Dave and Chris. And no, I am Meg and Dave and Dave. I'm is Chris. Chris. Oh man. Oh, What's happening I, to your, your video? I is don't it, know. This is you, the, the second time it's crashed today. So are you, uh, is the USB cable like tenuously plugged into no, the computer? I think it's okay. Oh, I geez. think this is just going to be a, a fun. Oh, my video's not on. Uh, I think this is just going to be a fun, exciting it's be surprise a technically when fun I disappear randomly. Technical day. challenges. The the podcast audience is going to be like, what? 
Does it just we should just roll with it because the podcast people will never know. That's true. You'll never exactly. know. So you um, were saying the Cohen brothers are very precise. I know nothing about film. It's good to have someone who knows something about film here because that actually does shine a light for me because watching some of these movies, you can tell that Nicolas Cage is like, like, you know, he kind of likes to get out there and do crazy shit and like push back and probably like, you know, make his own rules, improvise things. So you're saying that they wouldn't allow that in, in their films, basically. Yeah. And so apparently, I mean, I, I did a little bit of reading on it, just the barest amount. And it seems like he wasn't super happy with uh, working with them like that. He what he like, they clashed because their styles are different. And he seems to like filmmakers who like who allow him to like kind of do his thing and they have a very specific vision and they're they're gonna in directing actors they're gonna have them go very in their in their uh very small target you know and if they end up doing takes where they're doing something crazy they just won't keep it in the final cut that makes so so this is probably the first and only coen brothers movie that nick cage did on i imagine I think so. I Even think though he's is. like his uh his like style is kind of perfect for them, but like but just, I guess since they they didn't work well together like it, he he didn't return. But his Which style is, but his like like him on camera is perfect for them. That, that's the what I mean. His vibe on camera is perfect for them, right. but maybe his style of the uh, being uh directed is not uh, doesn't doesn't uh, mesh well with theirs that makes a lot of sense because when you hear stories about vampires kiss like the last movie we did like he's just straight up nuts like he wants and he was around the same age i guess he was 23 it was it was in the same era as vampires mm-hmm. kiss i think vampires kiss was after this uh i think yeah vampires slightly, kiss was after this yeah this, was, so this this movie was uh i believe 1987 i think no is that right yeah sounds right yeah, 1987, and it was uh, the same year that Moonstruck came out, and so this was definitely pre-Vampire's Kiss. It's crazy to think how young he was when he did this movie, and how yeah, it, we like, looked, it was like 23. Yeah, Holly Hunter was 29. Yeah, which was oh, crazy. Wow. He looks, it's it's like it's in the, in the 80s. People in their 20s looked like they were like 42 years old. What was the hell was that all about? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, and that now someone's like in their 30s and like yeah, they look like they're 16, and you're like, what the yeah. hell's happening? <laughs> Uh, um, I think you guys were talking about this, but I do have a trivia about how the Coen brothers worked with Nicolas Cage. I think this is pretty, pretty much what you said. But yeah, he said that it was difficult because they were, you know, so he said autocratic in their uh, directing. And they said they had fun, but a lot of his improvisations clashed with their vision and had to be edited. But they <laughs> enjoyed working with him because he had a fertile imagination as opposed to someone who needed to be kickstarted. <laughs> I think that's pretty much summarizing what you guys are talking about when I kept getting kicked off, right? Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. If I was a director, I would rather have somebody who would who's going off on these things and having to rein them in versus the other way. Versus yeah. like the other extreme. Somebody's too 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 by the book. It um, sounds like they were both saying it in the nicest way possible. Yeah. <laughs> they were both like, Yes, he's too autocratic. Like, you know. That's like Nick Cage being nice. And they did say uh, they had a bigger issue with uh, Randall Tex Cobb, who played um, Leonard Smalls, the guy on the motorcycle. <laughs> and they called him less of an actor than a force of nature and said they 
this is this is the quote i don't know if i'd rush headlong into employing him for a future film which is a nice that's way to say something devastating we will never work with them again but was he an actor then or was he just the character he was playing (laughs) and that's like like they just got this biker guy from hell and that's what he did right yeah um, so let me give you guys a quick background on this movie uh, before we dig into the plot. Uh, so this is the second Coen Brothers movie. So uh, right after Blood Simple. I've never seen that movie. I don't know if you guys have. Um, yes. And yes, was it good? I, by the way, I love the Coen Brothers. Like good. they're my favorite filmmakers. So yeah. So I have a, I have opinions on this movie in context of their career. Well, Tell please us. share them all. Share every opinion. Just, just, just do it. Educate okay, us. Well, all right. Well, I'm I'm not gonna. Well, okay, uh, I'm not gonna harp on this stuff. But like, okay, it's their second movie, right? They're still kind of unproven, even though Blood Simple was like a huge smash. But people don't like Coen Brothers aren't like a thing yet, except yeah. maybe you know the people who saw Blood Simple. Um, they're kind of they have a reputation for being like very cynical filmmakers, mm. and like, but this movie maybe more than any of their others actually has this like kind of optimistic slant to it people say fargo has it which it kind of does but like this one maybe more than any of them Mm -hmm. um but also okay so this has the hallmarks of the coen brothers in that it's like very efficient it's very short the coen brothers at this point can do anything they want and still their movies are not long like they make really tight movies and this this is like a perfect example of that but then the other thing is and something i guess we could come back to is have you guys seen no country for old men Yes. Yeah. Not me. Okay. Oh, you haven't. Okay. All right. I'm not, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go heavy on what happens in that movie, but like, and I'm not the first person to say this. This movie is somehow like a spiritual prequel to that movie. Oh. Even though, and obviously, like tonally, the movies could not be more different. Yeah. But it's a spiritual prequel, even though that movie is a pretty close adaptation of a novel. That was not written by them. So, so it, Cormac it, McCarthy. Cormac McCarthy yes. wrote this novel that was weirdly very has a lot of similarities to Raising Arizona, and then they did a uh, an adaptation of that novel. So I don't know what was going on there. Maybe Cormac McCarthy was somehow influenced by Raising Arizona, or just some weird thing in the uh, in the storytelling universe, kind of lined up i don't know but it, it's just it's very it struck me this is only the second time i've seen this movie i love the coen brothers but i have not seen this movie a lot i've i saw it once before this and i did not i did not make that connection the first time I oh saw yeah it. and that's another question uh just quickly when did you guys see this movie before because i know you both saw it before was it recently a long time ago i saw it when it was, i was a child i was like probably 11 years old last time i saw this movie oh 11 <laughs> yeah oh, okay that's interesting Maybe, what about you dave yeah. I, I think I was in high school. So of course I wouldn't have made I wouldn't have connected it to No Country for Old Men because it hadn't come out yet. Mm. Um but um I will also say this about the Coen brothers, especially their comedies, that their comedies all get better the more times you see them. So I mean I would say the same for like Big Lebowski, uh, which is my favorite uh comedy of theirs, or Burn After Reading, which is like also one of my favorite comedies. The first time I saw those movies, I was not blown away. And now I think that they're great. First time I saw Raising Arizona, I was not blown away. Watching it again, I liked it a lot more. Yeah, I got to say, when I was 11 or 12, uh, (laughs) I wasn't blown away by this movie. (laughs) 
but yeah. this time I liked it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All I remember is just the the scene where they're climbing out of the mud, and I'm like, that was my one takeaway as a child from that movie. I'm like, what the it hell? It is very this? memorable. Yeah. <laughs> For a Coen it, Brothers movie, too, I think this is the most kid-friendly Coen Brothers movie there is. I mean, yeah. I don't know about Blood Simple, but... No. It doesn't yeah. sound very kid-friendly, <laughs> just by the title. It's not, and it's funny, because, like, Blood uh, it's feel, it feels like they consciously wanted to move away, because Blood Simple is, like, very, you know, it's very hard-boiled noir. It's about people, there's a lot of dramatic irony. It's about people who are keeping secrets from each other, while here, like, feels like every character there's no subtext they just kind of say who they are you know exactly who they are they announce themselves and it's like it was it's the two movies could even though obviously it's they share some dna they could not be on the whole more different from each other i i it's, just love it this this like you were saying that everyone announces who they are like it's so like almost a cartoon uh like everyone's so like simple in their motivations and just I don't know, so pure, and there's no subtext to anything. It's just like absolutely, I love it. It is like a, a little, like a Roadrunner cartoon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and by the way, completely uh, plot wise, very simple. Mm. Not in a bad way, in a in a good way. Completely simple. Their next movie, I think their next movie is Miller's Crossing. Have you seen that? Mm. Okay, <laughs> it's. Oh, I recommend. I mean, Nicholas Cage isn't in it, but I recommend that you see. Uh, it. Not it. interested. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, once I'm you sure get, it's great. Yeah. Once Obviously, you get to the end of the 105 Nicholas Cage movies, maybe check it out. Yeah, we're not watching any other movies until <laughs> you're just very focused. Mission. <laughs> also, okay, that's revealing ourselves to be really shitty movie reviewers at this point because we haven't seen Why? any good movies. No, I. He's like, have you seen this staple of the, you know, you know, that every movie person has ever seen? Like, no, never seen it. I mean, this is why we bring on like actual film professionals to, you know, (laughs) they can tell us the the, the facts that we are ignorant. I I will say, Miller's Crossing, even for Coen Brothers movies, is kind of an underseen movie, so I wouldn't feel bad about Mm. seeing. But the thing with that is that it's out of all their movies, it's probably the most complicated story wise. Okay. Like, it's so complicated, you could watch the movie very closely for the first time and not get some major things that are happening. That's one of the reasons that I love it. It's a great, great, great movie. Like, one of their best. And it's just funny how they went from uh, this one type of movie to another type of movie to something completely different in their first three movies. It's, yeah, I mean, you know. A big range. Yeah, I don't have any <laughs> intelligent thoughts about this. I just, I'm just happy you're here. It's great because it, it's, it's nice to have a, a, ser- a, a bunch of different guests. We have a it's lot nice of- to have an adult here for once. No, I mean, uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> nothing blew up in this movie. I, I actually know wait, there were some explosions. What am there I were saying? Some a dude blew up. What am I saying? Never mind. <laughs> I'm back One in. I'm back in. Exploded. <laughs> um, all right. So just, just um, spoiler some alert. Other- Quick notes about the background on this movie really fast. Uh, it was a financial success. It was made for $6 million and made $29 million and had really good reviews. It was 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. So this is, you know, one of the, uh, you know, I mean, I think at this point in Nicolas Cage's career, there was, it was kind of hit and miss, but, you know, definitely some hits. Uh, but, you know, a, a critical and commercial success. And uh, um, the follow-up of Vampire's Kiss, which was neither. Oh god, which is a total disaster. Um, you have 105; they can't all be winners. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of there's a lot of real real deep yeah. holes we're gonna. I think I I actually just the other day I uh, did a um I went through everything on IMDb and I and uh 
Rotten Tomatoes, and I compiled as much box office information as I could find, review information I could find for every Nick Cage movie I could find. And it's mostly 60s. There's like 10, 90%. And then you've got a few in the 70 range, but it's when he hits the video on demand, you're talking like 20s for like years, 20%. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting when we hit that slog of his yeah, that'll career. Be fun. <laughs> that'll be fun for you guys. <laughs> oh, I, b- before we get to the specifics of, of yeah. the movie, I do, I do have to say, when you guys approached me about the podcast, you asked me which movie I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that I thought about was adaptation. Yes. And uh, I saw that it, it had already been taken. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to, to spill that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> um, and I'm kind of glad it was because if it wasn't, I would have chosen it and it would have been way too on the nose. Because uh, I rewatched <laughs> it. I love that movie. I rewatched it recently. Um, it's about obviously it's about a neurotic screenwriter who's struggling to adapt. Uh, <laughs> but it's literally my life. It's the guy you. is is me. Um, so and your twin way brother. Yeah, my my <laughs> right. My twin brother, does he actually exist? I don't know. Um, yeah, so uh, I, uh, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm glad that I, that uh, I didn't end up uh, doing that. Yeah. Hey. Our friend, our friend Danny Prakaski claimed that one very early on, and we have been pushing it off because that's like one, right before we started this podcast, that's one of the last movies we watched of his. And so it was like the, the movie that gave us the idea for the podcast, basically, because we watched like three Nick Cage movies in a row. We're like, well, wait, like, wait, wait a, minute. a second, this is fun. <laughs> but we, but I just, I like, I don't want to, because th- when we watched The Rock, we had watched it relatively recently, and like, sure. I don't know, I feel like it, it ruins the movie a little bit if you're like, oh, I just remember everything from five months ago. We got to save right, some good ones some though too. We got to pepper those good ones in later on. You have to, right? Yeah. <laughs> if you were gonna uh, adaptation yourself, uh. How would you would you make this the same movie about about writing black or you know adapting Black Klansman like a movie about making that adaptation and and and, and having a twin brother? Would you do that? Could you could you do that today? Would that fly? No. <laughs> the thing about adaptation is like he Charlie Kaufman did that, and then he like no one else can really do that, right? You could do. I think one. I think the cool thing is like the meta nature of it. Like the movie is about the creation of itself which is really cool uh i think the meta-ness nature of that could be seen more and it's it's possible i might be working on a project that has some aspect of that but you can't do what he did again like it was a it was like a perfect idea that was just like it's it was good for it was perfect for it when it was and then it's it's done and it was done really well thankfully we dropped the ball uh what do you we, mean? we should have had him on for adaptation it no 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 I, I think it would have been way too on the nose i would have been like harping and like yeah and this reminds me of a conversation that i had last week and it would have been actually like, really insufferable so he's like i watched this and it gave me a panic attack <laughs> yeah right Instead, we're going to have an MTV reality star talk about it. So uh, we'll, so much better. Yeah. So it'll, be, it'll be different. Yeah. All right. I want to write a movie called Novelization, where I'm novelizing a movie <laughs> about the movie I'm novelizing. All right. I think that's great. I think you should do that. Um, legitimately. No I'll get the reverse of an Oscar. All right. Sorry. All right, so we should talk about this movie. We should now. talk about the movie. So. 
we have this intro uh which is sort of like the history of the characters getting to know each other i mean this is pretty much the first 11 minutes of the movie before the title drop which occurs at minute 11 which was kind of fun yeah um you guys have any well i think it's yeah after you (laughs) Uh, i'm just saying more movies should embrace the uh extended cold open like this movie it's great. Uh, I mean, cold opens are great in movies and in television, and I think more more films should do it. Uh, it. It also helps that it's like it's pitch perfect and get and is extremely efficient. Tells you everything you need to know about so the characters and their situation, <laughs> uh, and then just sets you up. And then you you see the title, and then it's it's just off. I don't know Chris, if any other uh, Mandy. I was gonna Mandy? say I don't I don't know if any other film has done this, but the Nick Cage movie Mandy we did. The cold open was it was halfway through the movie the title drops. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> that oh. seems like a movie that kind of goes by its own rules oh my yeah. god yeah <laughs> um, that movie rules that is uh as you'll see later our current number one ranked nicholas cage movie oh wow yeah it's up yeah. there it's up there no it is it is it is up there it is number one it's all the way up there um, the yeah so we get the whole intro we see that uh nicholas cage's character hi and i don't remember his last name hi mcdonough hi mcdonough hi mcdonough just going in and out of jail, just loves to rob that convenience store, just loves it. He's uh, flirting with the guard who's named Edwina, played by Holly Hunter, and uh, eventually uh, wins her over and they get married. And that's basically the first 11 minutes in the movie, right? Like that's kind of the intro. For some reason, when I see things like this, that's like that kind of hillbilly, I don't know, that's not the right word, uh, white trash-ish, I don't know what the word is. But those kind of like romances where the guy's obviously bad news, but the girl's just like swooning. I think of that movie, uh, True Romance, like you know, it's just like I don't know, it just kind of like uh, that that relationship. Well, there's a there's a key moment I think that's that's really important is when I think maybe the second time he's brought in and he sees her crying, mm-hmm. and she says that basically like she got ju- she got dumped by her fiance, right? Her fiance and. Um, but yeah right exactly <laughs> and you know his reaction isn't oh now i have an opportunity his reaction is anger at this guy that he doesn't know and it seems like it's completely genuine like he yeah. cares so much about her that he has this hatred for this guy that hurt her and i think that's a great um, that's kind of just a great moment for the audience to know like be like okay yeah like i i like this guy he's a good he's, guy yeah. yeah he's a good guy right yeah, it yeah. does. It does. What is it? It gets yeah, it gets you right on his side, even though he's like, uh, and he never uses actual bullets in the guns. You know, he's right. still a good guy. He's not an asshole. As he as he's quick to 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 say, yeah, as if that makes <laughs> makes it better. <laughs> <laughs> he's just a uh, rap scallion. That's what I would call him. Yeah, <laughs> and this right. is. Uh, I mean, we'll talk about this like in a little bit more detail, but just a really a. Like it's a you know a little bit of a cartoony character, but I mean I would say he's the straight man for most of this movie, right? Which is so rare for for Nick Cage. I mean, like maybe Gone in sixty seconds, right? Like of the other ones we've seen, just you know. Well, so it's not a lot of straight man uh, scenes. It, like I don't know if you mean straight man in that way. Well, I mean like. I think of a straight man scene in this movie was when he's talking to uh, the guy who tries to get him to have a uh, uh, swing with his the swinger. With, guy. Yeah. Yeah. That I guess is a straight man scene where Nick Cage is just like totally, you know, but I'm trying to think of other, cause there are some scenes where Nick Cage is kind of the crazy one, right? 
I don't know. I mean, I think when the when the brothers come to stay with him, like they're pretty crazy, and he's just sort of like, "Oh, don't don't do that in my house," you know. When he robs the chase scene, where uh, he robs the convenience store and the huggies and the running around, ah, I don't know. Anyway. You, I, I cut you off. What were you gonna say, Dave? No, no, I'm. I was. I was thinking. I was just thinking about that. Like, is he the straight man? I think he he is sometimes, and then sometimes he's like, not. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's it's probably scene to scene, but that doesn't mean that he like he's still a very consistent. Like you always know where he stands. Right. Yeah. I think, and that's probably true for all the characters. You know exactly what what like what their deal is because yeah. usually because they just sort of say it. Yeah, they're all they're all very they all have very straightforward games for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so they get married there. They have a happy little life, and then they decide they want to have a baby. They can't have a baby. Very sad. And they decide to steal a baby. And that is the main plot of this movie is them stealing a baby. What what is um Dave, what is with like all the folksy like they're really good at uh I don't know about this in general in their movies, but in this movie in particular, I really liked all the when someone would tell a story, like when he's working in the machine shop and uh the guy's telling the story to him while he's working in the machine shop, it's really painting like a whole picture, you know what I mean? Yep. And like the sayings and all this stuff, do they get that from yep. like their upbringing or is that like like from a certain part of the country or is that just like, you know, are they inventing all this stuff or? Yeah, they're from the Midwest and they've definitely done certain, that is a hallmark of a lot of their movies that it's like in a very specific geographic region and it's capturing certain like specificities of those areas. I mean, in the most famous example is Fargo, you mm-hmm. know capturing how people in that area of the country talk it, it's become like you know famous but they do that a lot i mean yeah they they do that here they did that in blood simple which was set in texas by the way the the, the his co-worker at the at his job is played by a guy who who's one of the main characters of uh, blood simple huh. um but also now that you say it like being in that showing that job and just sort showing sort of the chaos the loudness and the chaos and you see in the background a bunch of people going this way and that that'll like come back too specifically in like hudsucker proxy uh which is like three movies away um there seems to be this this theme of like um corporate malfeasance that keeps that 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 comes up a lot and it's like you know this he's a guy who's kind of getting screwed by his higher ups, uh, including his direct boss, who turns out to be a, a dick. Yeah, um, <laughs> that guy was the worst. Yeah, we didn't know who that guy was. I remember, I I don't know if it was we weren't paying attention, but we're like, wait, who are these people coming over? And then you find out like at the end. I don't know if that was intentional or we just weren't paying attention. That you find out that it's his foreman, like at the end of the conversation. Yeah, you because you don't see him in that earlier scene, right? Yeah, and then they yeah. just say nice people are coming over, like, and you guys have to leave, but they don't say who the nice people are. And, so maybe that was on purpose that you're not supposed to know he's the foreman. I don't know, or we just were maybe. Not I I missed it too. Just missed it. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot. Of, there's definitely dialogue that I missed in this movie because they do they do talk fast and with some of them have thicker accents. Um. <laughs> all right. So we've decided to steal a baby. Nathan Wait, Arizona, the, the Arizona Quince. Arizona, Arizona Quince. They've got five babies. Surely they can spare one of them. <laughs> Sound logic. <laughs> Uh, and uh, Nicholas Cage's character steals a baby. It's well, pretty easy for him. That scene, I want to talk about that scene because he gets in that room and there's all this chaos that he generates for no reason. <laughs> he 
he's literally just like picking up babies and putting them in <laughs> random places and then being like oh no there they go <laughs> why is he doing that like yeah i don't understand that scene it's like they needed some stakes so they decided he just went see ya but instead he was like yeah, I found myself being weirdly bothered by that too. <laughs> Just being in and out. Um, by the way, I like how they cut to him already in. You don't see him sneaking in. He when they cut to him, he's already there. And I think it's probably. I'm assuming maybe because it's less creepy to watch him do the whole process of like going up the ladder and sneaking into the window. But anyway, yeah, it's like, what? Why is this all of this happening? And I think they kind of explain it away in saying that like. He's, he's like making them upset they're like crying and he's trying to like calm them down because he's such a good oh. guy uh and he doesn't and then he's also kind of having second thoughts because he does leave initially without the baby so yeah. oh they really they really i don't wonder like, if they go back and get that baby were they thinking like along like do you think they were thinking that constantly like oh we have to keep doing things to make him likable so that this isn't just a horrible movie about a man taking babies or i don't know I think it's that I think it's that, but then also they're like, we want a set piece with all these babies crawling around. <laughs> and we wanna do like a cool tracking shot following a baby uh as as it crawls down the hallway. And he's like sweating, like like <laughs> yeah. it, it's so funny. And they left it, the ladder too, which was weird. They just left it. It was <laughs> yeah. uh uh what's it called? I love the set design in, in the nursery. It was like just so oversized and the like oversized crib with all the babies with their name on it. And it's just very cartoonish. That guy's whole house. Yeah. Yeah. With, of course, because since he's a furniture guy, like, you know, he's got the unpainted best. Unpainted furniture. Yeah, <laughs> unpainted furniture, right. He's just got the best furniture. So, and it's, <laughs> and it's all huge. Uh, I have some uh, trivia about the babies. Uh, if you had to guess how many babies played the quintuplets, uh, I there think are five I babies it. on screen. So, so at least five. Yeah. I will tell you if you I, don't want to guess. I have a guess, but it might be like not a guess because I think I remember from the credits. Okay, uh, I'll, I'll tell you then. It's 15 babies. Yeah. Oh, right, wow. I would have guessed like 10 at most. <laughs> yeah. You know, two, you know, two for each part, but I guess they needed three for each. I guess so. What? So one of the babies got fired during production because they were in <laughs> 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 and the the mom was would put her baby's shoes on backwards so that he would be struggling to walk because she really didn't want him to get fired oh i could see one of the like joel or ethan just very diplomatically breaking it to the like, mother sorry. or to the baby uh, personally because i feel like they, <laughs> they, they might i just the the idea of them directing babies is very funny to me <laughs> I feel and, like they because they want that precision right and yeah. then getting like kind of like frustrated the baby isn't doing exactly what they want but like they can't show it because it's a baby it's like, i'm sorry your baby can walk we we can't have him here and then just this like the hollywood mom has to make the decision to break her own baby's legs <laughs> that's the dark underbelly of this movie. So <laughs> see he can't walk anymore oh god wow dark shit that is dark <laughs> <laughs> um so they steal the baby and then we have our first clip which uh i laugh so hard at this uh this is uh holly so uh, again like i feel like all the clips of all the clips where i was laughing during this movie that we found are all other actors like we don't have a lot of like cage craziness or cage doing really wacky things except for one or two examples but chris you want to 
pull up that that clip of yeah. how uh, Ed reacts to the baby. Oh, oh yeah, I love this scene. And there we go. And uh, yeah. Wow, this is so great. Thank you for showing us this, Chris. Loving yeah, this. Uh, I don't know why uh, this uh, clip ain't uh, coming up here. Uh, it's, not, it's not showing. How about any of my clips going to show up today? Or, uh... Nope. <laughs> no clips. So, we'll just uh, have to reenact it ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Technical difficulties. Hold on. I'll have to do it the, uh, the old-fashioned way, guys. I wonder why they're not I coming mean, up. Well, this is the well of course she'll be right upset, here. Sugar, but she'll get over. I can't hear it. And She's yeah, got four to, little babies. Almost stuff here. I wonder why all my clips won't load. But uh, anyway, anyway we'll, 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 we'll describe it. So uh, it's back. Here we go. Ready? Yeah. Yeah, I got it. Okay. And. I mean, overly. Well, of course she'll be upset, Sugar, but she'll get over it. She's got four little babies, almost as good as this one. It's like when I was robbing convenience store. <laughs> I love him so much. <laughs> I know you do, honey. I love him so much. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> I know you do. That's such a good one. Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't know why my clips aren't loading. That's fun. Oh, well. We'll have to do it that way, but that's such a great scene. I thought she was so funny in this movie. Yeah, she did a great job. She was hilarious. Yeah, just the idea that she cares so much about this child that she has just met. Uh, but like, it's still like in in the logic of this movie, like it's it it kind it's it's sound somehow. Yeah. Like you completely believe it. Um. So it's a really, it's actually a really uh, crafty thing that they, they, they did there because it's like, it is really funny, but it's also kind of setting up like basically the stakes of the movie. Yeah. Uh, because it could have been, it could have been like they have this baby and like they don't really have own like it's just they they got a baby because they wanted it, but it's not really theirs. But immediately, and it's kind of an on, it's kind of a running joke because it happens with other characters too. They yeah. meet this baby, and it's there's like some there's something that happens where the they form an immediate connection <laughs> with this child. That everybody they have just met. loves the baby. Everybody, everybody loves the baby. Like, every time someone holds the baby, they're just like, "I want this baby. This is my baby now." Yeah, exactly. it changes their life. I'm yeah, going like, to raise this baby. And the people that come, uh, the foreman that comes to his house with the five kids, they already have so many kids that are obviously like. Oh my god! Like it's it's insane how like crazy those kids are. They just want more kids. Like what? They just want that baby too. <laughs> they just want that baby. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh man. Um. All right. So we get we still we stolen a baby. Uh, I think right around here. I'm gonna ask you another clip, Chris. I, I fixed it. It works now, you everyone. Yeah. Mm. So so we see the consequences of the baby being stolen. The the mom realizing it. Um, and I think Nicolas Cage's character's guilt coming through in this little nightmare scene. The fire was very much like, uh, what's it called? Wild at Heart. A man with all the powers of hell at his command. He could turn the day into night. 
and laid to waste everything in his path. He grenades a bunny. He was especially hard on the little things, the helpless and the gentle creatures. He left a scorched earth in his wake, befouled on even the sweet desert breeze that whipped across his brow. Oh, poor lizard. I didn't know where he came from or why. I don't know if he was dream or vision, but I feared that I myself had unleashed him. For he was the fury that would be as soon as Florence, Arizona found her little Nathan gone. That was a very, that was a long clip. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, Dave, so Dave, like something that I've noticed about the Coen Brothers movies I have seen is there's always like this big bad guy. Well, I mean, exhibit A of the Raising Arizona, No Country for Old Men uh, comparison, because that he's like this big bad guy. And you're right. Yeah, it pops up a few times. But like the ultimate one is Anton Sugar from No Country for Old Men. This guy mm -hmm. is like a cartoon version of that character. Mm -hmm. um, I guess in Fargo, at the TV series, though, I don't know about the actual movie. In, in Fargo, was there a big bad guy? Yeah, sort of. Because um, Grimsrud, uh, played by Peter Stormare, is kind of that. Because he's like very... He's kind of evil, but he's also like very much human. But yeah, it's more uh, Billy Bob Thornton's character in yeah. the TV show. And the, the cool thing about the Fargo TV show is that it like takes from different Coen Brothers movies, not just Fargo. Uh, um, like yeah, different tropes throughout. Another funny thing about that clip is that like the that tracking shot up the ladder is I thought and it confirmed I, I read about it was yeah, that's a that's a uh, an homage to the Evil Dead. Oh, I'm nice. just about right. to say that. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry for stepping. No, on no, the... no, 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 no. I'm, I was, I was like, I was like, he's got this. We're good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, direct, of course, directed by their friend Sam Raimi, and they also worked on Evil Dead. I think yeah. in Post, right? Oh, they did. So. Yeah, he was a Joel was an assistant editor on the Evil Dead. That's cool. Yeah. So they um, used the same technology of I wonder what they had back then. A guy running really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess is that what it was i i guess so a man running or or they probably did that shot in reverse maybe maybe yeah because how do you get up the ladder i don't know how do you get down a ladder in reverse Oof. Oh. <laughs> Very speaking quickly. of reverse shots i'm just trying to, to pepper in pepper in these trivia things uh throughout so we're not doing them all at the end but uh the, the shot where they drive the car right up to the baby yeah that was Re shot in reverse. Oh, yeah, you'd hope. Good. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they were like, that. confirm again that the car is in reverse now. <laughs> we got yeah, it. Right. You sure now? Yeah. <laughs> Very the, important. The R, not the D. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That scene. Uh, I love that. that. We'll get to that scene, but I love that scene. Yeah. So we, uh, we, um, we have a few other... I'm just going to skip us forward a little bit. Um, so we have a few other uh, characters that are introduced. Um, the We have the the two brothers. I don't remember their last name. But Snote. The Snote brothers. The Snote brothers, which is a great name. 
played by John Goodman and William Forsyth, who is unrecognizably the same guy from The Rock. The Rock, yeah. Did not. It just looks so different. Very many years of, you know, like I think it's like eight years later. Just in one movie, he's breaking out of a prison, the other, he's breaking in. So true. (laughs) So true, Chris. Uh, and very, very young John Goodman, too. <laughs> yeah, 35 year old John Goodman, man. Oh, 35. Okay. That's a, I mean, and that's the scene, Chris, you were saying that you remember from the traumatizing one. From yeah, the traumatizing childhood. one. It's a great scene. It's, and it's very obviously, you know, a, a birthing scene, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> they are, they are being birthed. They are brothers. I don't know if they're supposed to be twins, but it's kind of like twins being birthed because, the, and then so much yelling. Cohen's love yelling this movie maybe more than any of their movies they just it's it's the the first of two iconic scenes where they're these two guys are just yelling nonstop. Uh, but like the yelling I feel like is kind of a parallel to a baby crying endlessly yeah birth right yeah I'm assuming that's what they were going for that was I had to be had to be had to be no other way about it yeah it was yeah. so good that was like and then i remember being so confused when they're in that trash uh, not uh, ba- the bathroom and they're like putting like brill cream on yeah. like as if to be like oh yeah like and they're just <laughs> covered in sewage just like that's a fun scene um so they they stay with them uh holly hunter is not having it uh you know and they're trying to keep you know uh hook uh hook nicholas cage's character back in for one last one last score. Um, they, they did a good job of building up, though. <laughs> it's like they get the kid, and like almost immediately after, Nick Cage is like, "Oh, I don't know, I don't know about kids." Like you know, it's like they learn of they're learning a valuable lesson about parenthood, I guess. But yeah, responsibility. <laughs> right, right, right. I, I just calling out a really cool moment, like small moment here, is when they when the Snow Brothers come to the door, they pretend to be police officers oh yeah right police and so uh high goes to them but we don't follow him we stay with uh ed holly hunter's character and we she's concerned at first because she's like oh no the police and then they say something like let us in and we'll like maybe let you plea or or something like that and then her expression immediately changes to something else because she's a police officer and she knows a cop would not say that so she, yeah. in that moment, immediately knows, okay, this is not a co- These aren't police officers. These are, like, dipshit friends <laughs> of my husband. And and it's 2 a.m. and things are about to get way worse. So it's very cool to kind of see that moment on her face as opposed to following uh, high to, to, to letting them in. That's a really interesting thing to point out. I think I missed that when I watched it, but that's, that's pretty cool. That's, like, really thinking about what you're doing when you make a movie. <laughs> Yeah. yeah exactly and that's the thing like that they're they're just so meticulous it's like little things like that that like don't like they're not accidents you know man it was real refreshing and i don't mean refreshing i mean what's the word i'm looking for it was this real it took me back to hear a polack joke like a polish person joke you know? i don't think refreshing is the word you're no yeah it was more nostalgic do you remember growing up and all these people would just say those and they were never funny they're all fucking stupid but like that was the thing back then and I didn't even know what a Polish yeah. person was. I think it was just like, what is a Polish person? It's like someone from Poland. I didn't even know where that was. And, you know, it's just strange that 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 was like the 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 weird racism that survived in that era. Yeah, and it 
and and it is a great like that's the thing that like you remember from your first viewing the birthing scene i remember that specific moment just being so funny because he's so clearly an idiot the way he tells the joke yeah he's like it's just a very ironic uh it's a very ironic line uh and yeah, so and yeah you you know everything you need to know about that character from that <laughs> that dumb joke that guy's guy. the worst so yeah. they're all they're all visiting we have um francis mcdormand who uh was holly hunter's roommate in, at the yale school of drama and i believe she was married to a cohen brother yep. yep and she starred in blood simple oh i i love francis mcdormand not always nice to see her and very i haven't seen her in that young in a movie so that was cool too yeah um uh and they're just like awful awful people do we know how they're oh wait that was chris and i were like how are these people related is that her sister but then yeah then we learned that that's the foreman and the foreman's wife yep um we have this great moment where it turns out that their whole thing is that they're swingers i love i that was amazing (laughs) like how do they have time for that they have five like insane children (laughs) (laughs) and they're so insane and i love like the the running joke in that scene of the kids doing some sort of chaos off screen and one of the one of the parents just like talk like reprimanding their children but not really yeah but you're not seeing what they're doing you're just seeing what the parent is saying i'm Um, trying to determine this uh sorry to take us back a second but I'm like nine. I'm like sixty-five percent sure that there was a 1990s uh, Flash TV series, and like I'm like kind of almost sure that the guy who played the Flash is the guy who who the swinger guy, the foreman. I have to look this up now. It's like I. It's really. It's really actually. All right. So here's a picture of the guy. I don't know if that's him. Maybe he's too handsome. I'm sorry. What is the title of that? page you're looking at uh i don't actually <laughs> Wi-Fi. <laughs> i don't know what that is hold on bitch with wi-fi i guess that's the name of the blog <laughs> this is just the picture on it <laughs> there you go that's all right guy, you know what it looks like him uh, i'm gonna look it up i'll look it up and look okay. like similarity yeah um all right so then we get uh is this when we realize that the oh no the foreman that yeah he nicholas cage punches the foreman uh, and he realizes he's going to get fired, but the foreman at this point does not know that the baby is the stolen baby, right? Yeah, okay, he comes back later. Sam so McMurray Nick- is the name of the, the actor. Anyway, sorry. No, keep going. We we got it. We have to find out. Now I need to, to know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we get he he uh, he's worried about not having any money and uh, falls back into his old habits of robbing that same goddamn <laughs> convenience store um and then we have uh this amazing scene which was so was very funny it's like that this crazy car chase scene that involves um nicholas cage's character the convenience store clerk who has a gun now (laughs) some random guy that he hijacks um a increasingly large number of dogs (laughs) (laughs) that chase scene is awesome do we have we have a little clip from it? Yeah, I, don't think I, I at- cut a couple pieces out of it, uh, but yeah, we don't have the whole thing because it's it is pretty long. It's like a long, ridiculous, cartoonish chase scene in the middle of this movie that is like so fun. Uh, here we go. Let's do a little clip of it. Oh, 
take shortcuts. <laughs> That kid was a great actor. <laughs> and then when he hits the ground, he stands up and is like, thanks. It just keeps going. <laughs> that was such a great scene. Oh, my God. I loved it. And then he does it. Doesn't he, like, run through somebody's house? I couldn't find the rest of this chasing. I wish I had yeah. it. He like, runs through someone's house. He ends up in a grocery store getting shot at. Everyone is just shooting at him indiscriminately. In a neighborhood, no unloading. <laughs> and then there's a bunch of dogs. It starts out with one dog, and then just by the end, there's just a bunch of dogs involved. Inexplicably, they're all getting loose yeah. and joining each other. And then they attack the clerk. Inexplicably. I love <laughs> but it, it all just sort of makes sense in the context of the logic of this movie. Like, just for some reason, you sort of buy it. And then, of course, like, it ends on the perfect... Uh, uh, note of she picks him up and he's telling her to turn this way turn that way and it's funny she's mad but she's not like questioning where he's taking her but uh, you know yeah and then of course you know he picks up the huggies it's just like such a great little capper on that sequence yeah even though they're fighting he's just like oh no no turn left here honey it's like like this like interjecting like a little yeah it's it's kind of it's kind of great oh man uh, the the relationship between the two of them is great. I love I I like the way they play off of each other. It's it's nice to have somebody who's like also you know being as cartoonish and funny as Nicolas Cage as his counterpart in the movie. Did anyone else notice this about Nick Cage's character that he was always holding his shoes no. in his hands? There's a few scenes where he's inexplicably just holding his shoes in his hands, and I have no idea why. <laughs> And I thought maybe you might have an answer for that, Dave, but I guess not. No, so, all right. No then. idea. No idea. I'm, uh, when it comes to footwear, I'm out of my element. <laughs> um, so, uh, just cruising for it a little bit, uh, we we get uh, so the the two. This is around the time that um, the foreman finds out the baby is stolen. Yep. He decides to blackmail them into getting the baby. I forget <laughs> how that confrontation ends. He just drives away. He's like, I got a medical pill coming your way. You better pay it. And then he like hits a pole. I forget it. Something stupid happens. But um, Then, <laughs> oh, and in that discussion, that's when the Snote brothers, is that the right name? Mm -hmm. uh, hear about the baby. And then they're like, no, this is our baby now. Let <laughs> <laughs> me just say those guys, like, it makes sense that you're introduced to them in a birthing scene because they, they are children like they act like children in a movie where everybody's saying exa like exactly what's on their minds they are like that to the extreme there's no filter there's not even really any even though they do bad stuff there's no like real malice yeah they're just like a child just acting in their own self-interest just because that there's there's no other way like why would they act any other way That's are there right any the characters nose. in this movie that are not idiots uh, the wife, uh, the the wife of the the of Nathan Arizona doesn't seem to be. You can't really know. You don't really know much about her, but you assume Fair. taking care of five kids seems to be doing a good job. Can't be that dumb. Yeah, yeah. I think they're all kind of, and I think that's sort of one of the criticisms that can sometimes that some people put to the Coen Brothers in these types of movies, and that they they make movies about idiots, and that like they it's almost like a condescension 
Mm. Um, which which is fair, but I don't know. I I, I think it's just sort of the, the is, that's just the vibe of the movie, you know. And it's like it's a lot of comedies are very are funny because people are not super the intelligent. You know? And I mean, it's like a it's like a you know a two dumbasses just having fun together thing. Like I think that's so enjoyable to watch. Like the you know the completely. The, the the main couple is you know like i mean they're not that dumb but they are kind of dumb and just you know watch them playing off of each other and the two the two brothers playing off of each other exactly it's, it's great it's just a little piece in the pod right dummies being dummies thing exactly better than people smart people yelling at each other yeah yeah bickering smart bickering where yeah that's who wants that in a movie <laughs> uh like, so, well uh, i have this fact and then it's like what who fucking cares we yeah, we, no we uh <laughs> the criminals steal the, the snow brothers steal the baby and rob a bank uh along the way uh we have a little clip from that i the clips are really random it's just like there wasn't that much available so these are just sort of some of the clips that they, i love when they 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 just keep saying the word hayseed like i think <laughs> a thousand times in this movie was the word hayseed said all right, so we, we cut to the, the robbery scene. Hayseed. I guess that's two words. Hayseed. They said hayseed in this movie? They're calling all the people. Well, you'll see them right now. These people are hayseeds. Oh, wait. Nope. Did this one not work? Come on, Chris. You can do, do it. Chris. I got this, guys. I got this. Everybody freeze. Everybody down on the ground. Hayseeds. Well, which is it, young feller? You want I should freeze or get down on the ground? I mean to say, if I freeze, I can't rightly drop. <laughs> and if I drop, I'm going to be in motion. You see? Shut up! Okay, then. <laughs> oh, I love that shit. It's just, just a, yeah, it's a really funny bit. These two, I just, these, these guys are my favorite part of the movie, honestly. They're so funny. Everything with them, yeah. It's great. And then also, like, the, their interaction with that guy, it's, like, that's something that Coens do really well, too, especially in their comedies. They'll have this, like, person just show up for one scene and just have, like, immediately just have something really, like, funny going on. And yeah. it's also, like, they're, they're, they're the precision with, like, language that they'll jump into and, yeah. the, like, the specificity of that. Like, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's the type of thing that, like... It, it comes from like the the specificity of like the region geographically like you're that's not going to be something that if it takes place in the northeast you're not going to get that scene mm -hmm. and like any any time i think as a filmmaker if you're looking at a concept um with like a, a, an interesting premise an interesting premise is uh a, a good premise means that there will be scenes that will be in this movie or tv show that can only exist in this movie or TV show. And uh, I think the Coens in particular are really good. Like there's scenes in their movies that like, they're completely unique. Like you wouldn't find them anywhere else just because of, you know, their, the, the concept, the, the location or the world, the characters. And, Do you and, feel like there are people, I mean, are there like knockoff Coen brother movies now? That's a good point. People definitely try. Yeah. But I, I don't know. They, what, the thing they do is, like, so specific to them. I'm trying um, to think who that would be. Yeah. 
Because, yeah. like, I mean, knockoff Tarantino was a big thing. But, like, you know, people took the long, wrong lessons from Tarantino and made movies that some of them were pretty good and some of them were not very good. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the Coens, I don't know. They're just, they're just so specific in how they do things. It's harder to, to, to imitate them, even poorly. That old man in the scene, too, uh, it was so funny because he delivered that line without an ounce of sarcasm. Like, he yep. means it. Like, that's yep. pure, honest misunderstanding. He's yep. literally asking, do I... <laughs> this makes it so much funnier, you it's know? So er- yeah, it's so <laughs> earnest. If there was any sort of, like, winking to it, it would not have worked, really. Yeah, yeah, like, mugging to the camera. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and... So- and you know what? That brings up something. I, sorry, I, I don't want to. I don't want to take it on a tangent. But I have a. No, I have a theory. I have a theory about Coen Brothers comedies, which is a lot of them are about characters who think they're in one type of movie, but it, the the truth is they're in another type of movie completely, mm-hmm. and the, and it's completely at odds. And like this is this is like central to something like Burn After Reading, which the characters think they're in a spy thriller, but they're not. They're in like a tragic farce. It's definitely true of Big Lebowski, where he thinks that he's in some sort of you know noir mystery and you know is the movie is sort of that but it's also not that in this this is a working theory these characters think they're in like pretty much like a no country for old men type thing where the stakes are are high and you know people are getting robbed and they're and but what they're actually in is a cartoon a live action cartoon and they don't completely they don't completely realize that and it's for the best because if the second they realize there's nothing worse than watching a comedy with characters who think who know they're in a comedy or think they're in a comedy and we've seen that um give an example of that oh man i don't know uh i'm trying to think of a of a well uh, hmm what's a good comedy what's a comedy example i'm okay well, I'll, I'll come back to it if you want anything you know, anything where I, you see someone mugging to the camera is someone who's yeah. in a comedy who knows they're in you a see comedy. it on, you see the it office. on stage too what was that the office like uh, where is like that's mm. different because it's documentary style and there's supposedly a camera in the room but like you know i i i, I know what you, I, I feel what you're saying i think you're totally you, right dave you this see is, it yeah. in, in improv yeah, you could say if someone, you know, it's so much better when someone is like completely, uh, you know, buying into the reality that they're they're setting up and completely committing, uh, as opposed to someone who just is behaving like they're in an improv scene. I just watched the movie. Oh God, the Kurt Russell Christmas Chronicles two on on oh. Netflix. Oh my God, and that movie I think had like twelve distinct mug- mugs to the camera. there you go it was just like over and over (laughs) again (laughs) Uh, we uh because you have the 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 clip of them after they uh they drive yeah right afterwards that this is this is just a a lot of yelling the the theme of two people behind the wheel of a car yelling yes all right it was great they realize the baby's missing (laughs) 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 (laughs)
I don't know how they film this. I would not be able to keep a straight face. <laughs> Oh, that guy's still counting. The guy yeah. behind the counter. So this is the one you guys uh, said they filmed in reverse. Yeah. As they came up on the game. Oh yeah, we paused it up. Oh yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> that scene. Oh, and then, and then there's then there's the whole scene where they have they're covered in blue paint too. That I we, we did, I couldn't find a clip of that. Yeah. Oh god. So they're just screaming in the car for so long. Screaming. So I love it. They just keep screaming. <laughs> they don't stop. When it's, the paint bomb goes off. And then all of a sudden they find each other. It's just, oh, wow. It's just so much chaos. They yeah. cut out and, that and whole part. Yeah, sorry. Continue. The, the, the fact that, like, yeah, they steal the baby, but they instantly, like we said before, develop a connection to the baby. And you might have thought that, oh, they're going to, you know, turn, you know, give the baby back for the reward money. But no, now they just... <laughs> Yeah. He say, he says like oh he smiled at me like instantly like they want to keep this child <laughs> like <laughs> for they, they, as their own. You said it earlier and it made me think. So like the part they they cut out the part where he goes to take the kid. It's like they're cutting out all the boring steps in between things yeah. to like get you right to the like what's gonna happen like when the paint bomb goes off suddenly Nick Cage and and uh, and uh, Holly Hunter are Leonard there. Small? They oh, didn't wait. have this long like search for them or anything like that. They just, just showed there. up, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I I like that about this movie. It's just like get right to the 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 thing that they want to to see. No yeah. one wants to see exactly. the bullshit in between anyway, so. Exactly. Yeah. That's cool. We get to the so right, we get to the big confrontation between Leonard Smalls who we haven't really talked about very much, but uh, he's the biker guy. Um, who has like grease paint smeared on the side of his face into his beard, like just real grungy, <laughs> uh, grungy dude. Um, and um, you know he has a big fight with uh, with High, and uh, he High straps the baby to the front of his motorcycle. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the best place to put the baby like, on the uh, front of the motorcycle. Baby on the front. <laughs> oh shit! You're right. Never mind. I used to ride oh, around with, with my dad like that all the time. Damn, uh, that's a thing that people do. I, I was that baby. Oh my god. Oh my god. There, uh, was, there so was 15 of them. You could have been. <laughs> uh, actually, in 1987, I wouldn't have been too far off from the age. I'm. There's a yeah. This guy, the ba the babies are probably close to our age or my age now. At least. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah, I was just gonna go to the next thing. So we get our confrontation. He pulls off the the the, the grenade, and we explode the bad guy. Kaboom! I wonder what if this was one of the first uses of that. Uh, pull the pins of the grenade while it's still on the guy. I doubt it. What happened to the Snope brothers? I don't remember where they ended up at the end of this movie. He has. The oh, they decide to dream. go back to jail, right? Well, he has a dream that they do. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you can interpret that as is this actually what happened or what he it, it, it's funny because the way that these characters have been drawn up you couldn't believe them deciding to go back to prison yeah. like the the way that when they first come out they oh, oh i forget what the line was but they they're like basically like we we feel like the prison or like rehabilitation has done all it could for us we decided to leave that's another it's yeah. a very, very funny way of saying they broke out of prison yeah but maybe they you know through the 
the course of this of all these events they've realized actually there there could be more that that prison could do for us so maybe we should go back and give it some more years we've released ourselves on our own recognizance i think you said something like that yeah yeah exactly exactly um so they return the baby uh hi and ed return the baby they have a nice little conversation with uh, the dad who decides to let them go which is great because he's such a buffoonish character yeah father but he's the reason that they end up staying together yeah because oh yeah yeah they're like oh we're gonna break up but uh and he's like wait don't it's like sleep on it but they keep the ladder to that room where all the babies are (laughs) easy access still there for days they're just asking for those babies to get taken in case they want they change their mind they want to grab another babies might use how to learn how to use a ladder (laughs) yeah well then you're fucked Uh, and then the epilogue, which is just sort of Nicholas Cage's uh, high, just sort of uh, dreaming about nice things in the future. They have a family. Everybody ends up well. You know, they stay together. What other Coen Brothers movie ends with a description of a dream? Oh, you tell me. You. No Wait. country for old men. <laughs> Ooh, cool. Wow. Okay. So you're saying it's... these two movies are 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 like kind of like two sides of the same coin or something I, I, yeah there's something weird going on there i don't know i'm sure there's somebody else who have, has found like a lot of like small like uh similarities between them but there's some like legitimately big ones so I, I is know. there there's a convenience store robbery in that movie right exactly i need to watch this movie now because i haven't seen it yet this is the perfect time for me to watch it it's a good yeah it's a good double feature all right sure. i'm gonna do it we did um so one of for our, our virtual improv show we do um uh actor's nightmare. Do you know what that is, Dave? No. Uh grab it water. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it's like, scripted, it's partially scripted, but yeah, then so one, one person script. has the yeah. 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 And one of the ones that we did was the uh, coin flip scene from No Country for Old Men. <laughs> uh which, which Oh, that's great. It was really fun. <laughs> oh man, that's great. Uh, um, is it time to to do some cage stuff? What are we doing? Yes, we re- let, yes. Take us. Uh, we have an exciting new addition to our show today. Um, we have decided to start playing cage bingo. So I don't know, Chris. You want to take us to that cage bingo? I, I haven't put you. our our videos into the cage bingo uh, slide yet, but we got cage bingo, and we'll we have cage bingo, so. our cage bingo card. I think on Instagram or something like that. Eventually. Yeah, we'll post that up. Yeah, so people can see it. Uh, um, but yeah. Let's play some cage bingo. What do we got in this movie that we can use the, the uh, we can check off the box? Uh, definitely, uh, we have a car crash right in this movie. Yes, hundred uh, percent. We we are not going to win. This is going to be cumulative. Just to clarify. Yeah. Uh, okay. Ca- all right. So cage isn't a villain. Uh, pregnant girlfriends or wives? No. Uh, movies based on books. Is this a book? Is this based on a book, Dave? No. Okay. okay. I mean, we got Cage as a criminal. That's one. Uh, oh, where's that one? Why can I not see that? Middle to the left. Oh, perfect. All right, Cage is a criminal. Surprise children in a in a sense. No well, surprise. Yeah, I guess we could. Like, what do you think, Mang? Does that because this is more like say, when he has illegitimate the, kids. The in, oh. the intention of this the intention of the surprise children one was um, sort of Wicker Man and Matchstick Men, where he's halfway through uh, the movie he realizes he has a child. Got it. Okay, so no. Um, uh not armed, for this one armed yeah, robbery, robbery certainly but... for certainly yeah. is is was in prison definitely 
Yeah, yeah we're, we're actually getting a lot on this one. Uh, we got voiceover letter reading. He oh, reads at the <laughs> at the end of the movie. He reads the or when he's about to leave her. He leaves. Oh, we don't have underwater scuba propeller for this one, unfortunately. <laughs> this has already been in two movies, if you can believe it. Uh, car chase, right there. Car, car chase, chase gets married. Uh, uh, and I know t- the tattoo sighting was originally intended for um. Uh, he ha- so Kate Nichols Cage has a big back tattoo that sometimes shows up. Oh. In sometimes they try to hide it. Um, so I think I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that one off, even though he does clearly have a tattoo. Now, is there a is it first off is it racist to say mexican standoff these days that's a great I, question i just thought of that now <laughs> oops but uh is there a, like a standoff style where everybody has guns and they're all pointing them at each other no. at the same time in this movie no, i don't think there is think no so. no so i think we might have filled in all the bubbles we're gonna get for this one it's pretty good though yeah that's a lot we did i mean these are these are pretty constant themes in a lot of his movies is what we've noticed through this watching all these films uh we should probably change that chris <laughs> yeah all right well we'll have a edited version of the card um wow that's really uh this is really pretty good i, yeah, I think we did, we did better than expected i i feel like uh so the ones the ones we would need in order to complete the horizontal one are underwater scuba propeller which seems less likely to appear in any of our future movies <laughs> if we watched if we watched face off after this one we would have got bingo right because cage Son is a cop and underwater screen. yeah damn but it movies based on books and remakes seems more likely oh wow we would have gotten two at the same time for face off because look underwater screw propeller cage is a cop and then look left alone in the hospital wake up alone face off jumping into the water face off mexican santa face off whoa we would have got diagonal and horizontal with one freaking movie that's awesome. <laughs> All right. So Nicholas Cage Bingo. We did not win this this uh this week. We will check in next week. Uh let's go to the trivia section, Chris. All right, let's do some trivia. trivia. Uh oh, Chris, I think at some point we were gonna read these back and forth, but we're not doing that tonight. Okay. The fun thing to do. All right. Uh the haircut. So uh Nicholas Cage's haircut was uh the bigger his the bigger it was the bigger danger he was in so if you watch that through Mm. the movie you can see his hair changing how much danger he's in oh really yeah oh that's interesting what a detail um so uh randall tex cobb uh had not ridden motorcycles before and when he rode up to inspect the hole where the snope brothers escaped from prison he crashed into the hole on one of the takes (laughs) They also gave him a smaller motorcycle because they wanted him to look bigger and scarier. (laughs) (laughs) So he's on a tiny motorcycle. (laughs) Um, We, uh, so one of the, I I always love seeing the, like, who could have played this role. Uh, Costner offered, auditioned for this role a bunch of times. Kevin Costner? Yeah, so Kevin Costner could have played Nicolas Cage's role. That would have been different. It could have been good. I, I don't think this movie needed to be a Nicolas Cage movie. That's true. Could have been a Kevin Costner movie. Um, this is a great one. Um, according to somebody, this isn't really about the movie, uh, but it's in the IMDb trivia section. Uh, he, somebody named Sam McMurray, who I guess was involved in this movie, uh, 
he and Nicolas Cage went out to a diner and an excited female fan came over to their table. She couldn't decide if the man she was looking at was really Nicolas Cage. Once she was convinced that it was him, he asked her for an autograph. Oh. Oh. Meg? I guess we'll never know that piece of trivia. Oh, no, wait. Who asked who for an autograph? Oh, no. We'll never know. <laughs> well, we could always just make up the end of the story ourselves. We are improvising. God damn it. Meg, you what? really left us in suspense there. <laughs> How far did I? I mean, I told the whole she story. She asked for an autograph. You asked for an autograph. Uh, she couldn't decide. Oh, she did ask. She, she was convinced it was Cage. Cage wrote on a cocktail napkin, tomorrow you will die, Nick Cage. <laughs> and she did. Let's go. Hey, but wait, movie. Sam McMurray. What? Sam McMurray. Did you look up who that was? The swinger guy. That's who that is. Oh, mm. Okay, cool. Did so, you figure out if he was the Flash? He wasn't. I was wrong. <laughs> he wasn't the Flash. I wish he was the Flash. That would have been great. No. No uh, Flash. Chris, can you take us to the ranking section? All right, let's rank the cage. Rank the cage. All right. Doing some ranking. So before we, uh, oh, can we look at the other one first? The yes, of course. So uh, before we go to that slide, so just a little context for those who have been watching this: the last three episodes we recorded in advance due to uh, not being able to record them live. Um, so we ranked, we we scored those movies, but we did not show where they ended up because it would have been confusing in the order of things. And those movies were Gone in 60 Seconds, Vampire's Kiss, and Matchstick Men. So quickly, before we rank this movie, we're going to show how those movies ended up in it. Um, Chris, I don't know if you've seen it already, but do you have a, a sense of where they would end up in the in the pack? Uh, I'm guessing none of them are at the top of the pack. Uh, yeah. But I'm going to say, you know, probably some solid middles, like maybe fives and sixes and sevens area. Okay. I don't know. All right, All right let's see it. Three results uh, without new movies? Uh, this yes. one right here? Okay. Yeah. So we have uh, Gone in 60 Seconds in fourth place, Matchstick Men in fifth place, and Vampire's Kiss in seventh place. So, yeah, solid middle. Yeah. I'm actually surprised Gone in 60 Seconds is the highest of those three, but it was a solid movie, I guess. I think that if you. So, this is something we've been talking about. Usually. When we have someone on the show, and I think this is true of Dave, uh, they're like a super fan of the of the movie, or or they they love the movie, so they usually elevate it. And uh, and I really thought Vampire's Kiss because Dave Thomas, like he put tens in for everything on that one, and Matchstick Men, I yeah. remember. But I think maybe even more so with those other movies. I don't know. I don't know what happened here. I gotta um I, I'm I'm hesitant to open this up right now because I'm worried it's gonna crash my zoom. Yeah, again. we gotta figure out but what's going on. A... <laughs> yeah, we gotta figure out the heck's going on. But I I do have a graph showing our scores versus the um actually Chris, you might be able to pull that up. Oh yeah, it's I can in that, pull that spreadsheet up. that has it's gonna look like death, yeah. but it's all right. So score Megan Chris only this one right here. Yeah. Oh, and then if you scroll over to the right there, you can see the uh the Aha, difference. I see. This guy. <laughs> uh oh. You gotta keep going. Uh-oh. There we go. Yeah, okay. So basically, we this is the the rank of the movies and then the biggest difference is The Rock uh where we 
it was ranked second if we uh you know included the guest and then ranked sixth just based on me and chris's score <laughs> this is entirely due to um our friend connor allen who just gave it tens pretty much across the board just love the rock he was a uh, uh but san francisco, san, san francisco tour guide at some point yeah so he had a special appreciation and i think uh you know uh other than that it's not too huge of a difference yeah and i do want to say quickly while we have that graph if you can show that graph again chris to the left uh the graph actually go to the tab that's the the graph that's to the left there do you see the yes the blue bars this guy it's um I, I'll, I, you I, go to I, the one that's there, there's like a sorry this is we're going bad this is bad can you sort of score yeah that's it thank you yeah i so basically this is just sort of showing you like so mandy's the top but you can see that you know the rock and face what what are you laughing at i'm just laughing because i i yeah i don't know we we have uh yeah anyway continue we are a data-driven podcast Chris. <laughs> But you can sort of see there's like uh, sort of the top tier for us is Face Off the Rock and Mandy. Then we have like a bunch of middling ones, Wild at Heart, Magic Men, Gone 60 Seconds. Um, and then we have like the real trash at the bottom, which is Wicker Man, a national treasure. Sorry. I, I, I think the thing to point out in this one too is like they, <laughs> like they tend to be pretty close. Like Mandy and the Rocker. Yes. Right neck and neck. And those three in the middle too are really close. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Thank you for this data detour. Let's rank this movie. So first one, Dave, is cast. How good is the cast in this movie out of 10? Like, you know, how many people are you excited to see in this movie? Except, you know, like. Oh, in, in wait, are you talking about like performances or like, oh, I love that it's this group of people. Exactly. The, the second, second one. one. The, 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 that, but save that thought because that'll be the next question. Got it. Oh, um. See, I mean, it's got Holly Hunter and and Cage and uh, Francis McDormand, um, and then John Goodman. That. What's that? John Goodman. And, oh, of course. Uh, how could I forget? John Goodman. Okay, I'll give it a solid seven. Solid seven. Like it. Love it. Uh, I'm I'm right there with him. Seven. Same reasons. I liked so many people in this movie. It was, it was awesome. I'm gonna give it an eight. Hey, all right. Whoa. All right. Uh, and then this the question you're asking is, how good is the acting in the movie? Not specifically Nicolas Cage, just uh, overall. I'd give it a nine. Oh, wow. Nice. Nine. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give it an eight, too. I'll give it an eight. Give it an eight. Um, I'm going to give it a seven, not out of any sort of... It's just it, a lot of it is very cartoony acting. Um, but it was, which is obviously probably on purpose, but I, I wouldn't feel like it's like a movie where you're just like, oh, that was like a really affecting performance in the same way. But like, it's good comic acting. It's not, it's not a bad seven. It's a strong seven. <laughs> yeah. Good seven. Uh, yeah. How fun is this movie to watch? For example, I think when we did Leaving Las Vegas, that got pretty much solid zeros. <laughs> not very fun. But I think Face Off got like tens for that so your yeah. mileage may vary what do you think right um it's it's very fun i'd, I'd give fun. it a, i'd give it a nine nine uh i also agree this movie's really fun i laughed a lot i think it's meant to be fun too it's so i i mean yeah i'm gonna give it an eight i'm gonna give it a 10 i just you know i yeah. laughed a lot i really enjoyed a lot of the sequences just so over the top i'm always hesitant to push it too high when 
when the guest pushes it high too because i'm like i feel like this is this is like why you know you're not supposed maybe we shouldn't hear each other's scores because we're like Uh, influenced by each other that would be a very boring thing to listen to (laughs) uh all right technical this this is just like uh the you know like yeah the cinematography the costuming uh, the sound design all that stuff everything else about the movie and it's 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 i mean it's coen brothers so it's gonna be up there and it's fun you know it's funny just extending the the um comparison no country for old men which you could argue technically is a perfect movie and this movie is close i'd give it a nine this is gonna be a high scoring film uh i also i think that technically uh there were a lot of really cool things in this movie and a lot of things that I don't have the eye to notice, obviously, were probably, you know, incredible. Uh, I think I'm going to go lower. I'm going to give it a seven just because there weren't the same practical effects challenges that a lot of Nick Cage movies had, like, you know, like uh, things like that. So, yeah, I'm trying to not be influenced by Dave. I'm just trying to. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm going to give it an eight. I love the set design. I love the costuming. Oh, yeah, um, that's great. I thought the set pieces, the chase set pieces were really fun. Um, overall, that's pretty much what it sounds like. Um, this is going to sound really weird, even though, you know, I've given it nines. Um, it is still, like, not my favorite Coen Brothers movie. I think it's great. It's still not, like top 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 and the thing with coen brothers even their good movies are really really good i'm gonna give it an eight okay uh yeah i think it's also a solid eight i liked it a lot it was a fun great movie and thoroughly enjoyable i'm going to give it i'm gonna give it a seven i think i think you know i i really did enjoy it i think you know there wasn't like the emotional gravitas necessarily to it um, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. I don't know. I think for what it is, it's very funny and enjoyable to watch. All right. Last thing is uh, you can award or take away a bonus point for anything you like or dislike in the movie. For example, if you really were offended by Nicolas Cage's, uh, what I believe were clip-on sideburns, you could take away a point for that. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe they're real sideburns. They just look crappy. What are they clipping to? You know what I mean? Stick on, stick on, whatever. (laughs) Oh, that's a good question. You know what? I'm going to, can I give a point for a line that I completely yes. forgot? The line, it, it just made me, I completely forgot. It made me laugh so hard. It's the scene where the reporters are coming to the uh, Ar- the Arizona ha- household and talking to Nathan, Arizona. And one guy's like, one of the reporters is like, have you heard about the rumors that a UFO has abducted your son? And Nathan, Arizona is like, please don't print that. My wife is going to lose all hope. (laughs) (laughs) So that's plus one for that line. Is, is there a theme in Coen brothers movies of UFOs? Because I remember in, um, in one of the seasons of Fargo, there was a UFO at the end. Yeah. It it comes up at at the very least, like in the man who wasn't there, there's like a very funny, weird subplot in this black and white noir. There is a weird and funny subplot about, uh, aliens and UFOs. So I, that's probably where it came from. Oh, <laughs> um, I'm going to take a point away for the baby scene. Cause 
That was nonsense. <laughs> Chris was so mad about the baby seat. It's like, why is he picking up the babies and putting down the babies? Stick That's the baby. fair. I, I, I can understand that. Why did he turn uh, the lights on? All right. <laughs> I'm going to add a point for a really weird detail that I made, made us pause the movie to look, which is at the bank robbery scene, you can see the name tags of the tellers, and their names are Charles Oatman, Bo Rangus, and Jane Huckey. And that just made me smile. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's All like right. a little touches. Little All right, touches. let's see. Uh, you want... Is this going to take? Here's a question, though. Is this this you know pretty high score? Yeah. Is it going to break? Is it going to break the top three and beat the Rock? Or is it going to beat the Rock and Mandy? Is our top two highest scoring ones? I don't think so. What do you think? Okay. I, I I I maybe. Ready? I don't remember what their scores are. Let's see it. Third. Okay. It took third. Oh, it beat face off. Ooh, wow. Wow. I think that's appropriate though. I think it's appropriate too. Face off very fun. Uh I I I don't know. I don't know if I'd consider it a better movie than Racing Arizona. I I still think The Rock should not be number 2, but this is the this is the bed we have made for ourselves. Connor Allen <laughs> put The Rock way up there and <laughs> yeah. It's uh, uh, The Rock. All right, we're okay. going to do a, a quick cage gauge. The cage gauge is a two-axis, four-quadrant plot of <laughs> Nick Cage trademarked craziness. Like, you know, like when he takes a word and he says it weird for no fucking reason, or you know he improvised that shit. Like, it's nuts. That that trademark cage craziness, not him playing a crazy person, not him playing someone I, with mental illness, right? Uh, versus his acting ability in the film. So those two things judged against each other again out of ten. For so for c- pure cage crazy, what would you give this film out of a ten? Uh, very low. I would give it a. I'd probably give it a two. Uh, and you one has to wonder if he was, you know, if in the the final edit they put in more stuff that he tried to do, that number would certainly be higher. But it's the fact that the, the Coen brothers, you know, tamped down on that pretty aggressively. Or yeah. if it was a later Cage movie, like after, because I feel like after Vampire's Kiss, he was just like, whoa, I can really like go there. Just and go I pro- probably this early in his career, he was like a little bit more restrained because he didn't have the, you know, the, the fame and the street cred. Yeah, or, that's very know, possible. Yeah. Uh, like, right they made this you. movie in 1996 and they cast Nick Cage on purpose. Like, you know, it would have been nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I'm right there with you. Very low on the crazy meter for me. Yeah, I'll give it a, I'll give it a two, two. Also two, I'm, I'm happy with that. Two's across the board for the Cage Crazies. All right, across the board. Acting ability. What do you say Cage's acting ability in this film is? I, I think he's very good. I'll give it a solid eight. Oh, guys, something that's never happened in the show, I think may happen. I don't want to jinx it. All right. I also think he's a great actor. I'm going to say seven in this one. I thought, ah, eh. I'm going to say seven. Yeah. Meg? I'll stick with seven. I like seven. Seven? Okay. This has never happened in the in the show before. But we've gone into top left quadrant. Ooh. Less crazy good acting. <laughs> this has never happened. We never had a cage movie with that he was less crazy with good acting. Let's see where that stacks up with the other films. So usually mm-hmm. we're in the good acting more crazy section. Mm-hmm. But uh and you can see those are all later films in this one, I think. Uh so yeah we're up here i don't know what this tells us in the grand scheme of things of life but it's (laughs) just interesting to look at 
<laughs> so yeah. All right. We have ranked the cage. We have ranked the cage. Let's let's okay. let's wrap things up. Um, Dave, what what uh what do you have to promote for our audience of? of do we fans? have a, a Nick Cage fact today or no? Oh, you know, I think that that I like that fact that we gave about the the interview. Okay. So yeah. I think I think we I think we we've got a Nick Cage fact. Okay. Okay. So sorry to interrupt. I sorry the interview. I know we said interview, but you know what I meant. Yes. The autograph. Autograph. Yeah. Fun story, right? Yes. yes. Um. Well, I'll, I'll promote uh, the Pack Theater's Twitch channel. They've been doing some really uh, great stuff. They kind of went for, you know, the pandemic happened and they, you know, they went straight to uh, basically turning a lot of their shows into Twitch shows. Uh, so it's uh, twitch.com slash Pack Theater. Uh, lots, of, uh, lots of cool programming. And, you know, they, they also provide uh, virtual classes, improv sketch. Uh, you can go to packtheater.com check that stuff out it's good stuff that's awesome that's awesome i think i might do uh, that i think you should i should do that um and then uh so well, we are back next week uh very excited for this one uh we are going to be watching the movie jujitsu which is just came out in november Ooh. uh which is the uh, just <laughs> To sell you guys on it it's a, a martial arts movie starring uh tony ja and uh nicholas cage and they have to fight aliens that come down to fight i don't know it's i gonna think be... it's gonna be 10 minutes of cage and he's gonna die <laughs> <I think you're laughs> <probably right. laughs> they use him to sell the movie and then yep yeah and then he gets his paycheck and gets out um and then the, our guest for next week is mike laterman um our theme song is by will gianetta uh we have an email address if you want to send us cage info or whatever uh, managers comedy at gmail.com and then chris you never showed them your pillow oh before we go chris's sister got it pillow. <laughs> i have a, a, a con air nick cage sequent thing now so yes and also those... oh what you say Say for those listening uh, and not watching visually, you can hear the sequence being rubbed. This is becoming an ASMR podcast now, guys. <laughs> so listen to the things. Uh, also, uh, if anyone is interested, there are I set them to the lowest price on Teespring possible that they would allow me to. Uh, but there are uh, T-shirts and masks now that are covered in Nick Cage faces. Uh, if you go to managerscomedy.com and go to our Teespring account, uh, you'll see them there. And where do the we we are merchandising? Where where do the profits from that go, Chris? The ACLU. Nice. Yeah, all the proceed, all the profits, like it's a dollar a shirt or something, go to the ACLU. Hell yeah! Well, that's been our show, guys. Thank you so much. See you all next week. Thanks a lot. Bye. 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 Unlocking the cage is produced by the Manager Special. Music by Will Janetta. Check out our other shows, as well as sketches, animation, and short films at managerscomedy.com. <laughs>